0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe.
1: Hi, I'm Chris Reid, CEO of New Metals, and I'm joined by my Chief Development Officer today, Mr. Darren Townsend.
0: Hey Darren, how are you? morning, Matt. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, um, Chris. Like, thanks for joining us at short notice. It's just um, it's kind of in response to some questions we've seen in our investment club um, with regards to the Hannans deal, and obviously you just put out a press release with regards to what's going on with the vanadium. So a, a lot, lot going on. So first of all, who's Hannans and uh, why are you doing deals with them?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, look, it was a deal between critical metals and Hannans. It just happens. That uh, New Metals is a very large shareholder in Hannans and is a is a large shareholder in Critical as well. Obviously, we're partnered with Critical in the Vanadium Recovery Project, and uh, a number of years ago, uh, Critical Metals we gave the rights to uh, our battery recycling technology in. Scandinavia, because they had operated there for 10 years and were pretty well ingrained in that community. We hadn't uh, thought about ever really operating that. I guess, you know, back then we were actually focused on deploying it, uh, the technology before SMS in North America. And it was just subsequent that we ran a partner selection process, ended up concentrating on Europe and with SMS as a partner. So you know this this is i guess the genesis of uh, of critical metals and uh, you know clearly the vanadium recovery project has got massive scope And, uh, you know, we're still obviously proving out the lithium battery recycling technology. There are currently not yet battery production up in Scandinavia, but there will be at some stage. So, you know, they've got Hannons, which was the original parent of uh, critical metals to farm in and fund that opportunity up to an investment decision. So it's a similar sort of transaction that we're undertaking. With the vanadium recovery project, you know we're funding that through to FID. We're a public company. We've got access to funds. We've got a lot of funds ourselves. So you fund that through to an FID, and that earns you a fifty percent interest in the project. So it makes a lot of sense for us.
0: It may, yeah, it does. But it, it's sort of I think for um, investors in natural resources, they don't sort of see these sorts of structures before. So explain why it's good for you. Why it's good for critical metals uh, uh, as well. In terms of the way that you've done it,
1: so we we haven't done anything. <laughs> so it was a transaction between Critical and Hattens. We were just beneficiaries on both sides. So you know, essentially, it's not unlike having a, a, a property and getting uh, another company to farm in and to essentially free carry you. So you know, Critical is uh, you know with us is working to a investment decision at the back end of twenty two. So, you know, it will be needing to raise capital uh, to meet its commitments. Uh, The capital uh, providers will be wanting most of the funds to flow into that which it's raising for and won't want to see leakage into other assets, Um, be it, you know, the lithium battery recycling or their existing exploration portfolio. So, what this is doing is relieving them of funding that opportunity that that license through to the investment decision and and yet being able to participate in it when the prize is known and when its the asset's development ready but you know the the most immediate one that critical and Net metals are facing is the investment decision at the end of 2022 for the vanadium recovery project and now that's just the first vanadium recovery project we announced yesterday that we're now working on a second one.
0: Okay, so so I I I, so I do want to just deal with and be able to park up the Hanan still on the um you know the the lithium recycling technology thing, okay? Because I think it's it's a I actually quite liked the, the way that it was structured. Given that you're the main beneficiary, oh sorry, you're a main, you're a big beneficiary of it. Let's let's kind of deal with it because your shareholders are keen to understand what the upside is for them. Okay, so this is uh, specifically. A uh, an agreement which deals with the Nordic, four countries in the Nordics, right? They have to well tell, tell us exactly what what how that was structured in terms of they can earn fifty percent. What do they need to do to qualify for that fifty percent?
1: Uh, so Hannon's needs to fund through the investment. Uh, so the business development activities, uh, procuring feedstock uh, supply agreements, all of that sort of stuff, so that a decision can be made. And uh, and so that that would earn them fifty percent interest in the uh, in the license.
0: Right, and a, and the benefit for the great well for obviously for that for that those. So two. if you have
1: a look at, at, at near metals, so yeah. you know we obviously through our interest in critical, we had an indirect interest in that license. Um, we have an indirect interest in. We have a direct interest in Hannons, which adds to our indirect interest. So, if you have a look at it, for near metal shareholders, we'll have an interest of around twenty six percent in the in the in the license uh, via our shareholding. So, that's an indirect interest, and also we get a ten percent royalty uh, or ACN six thirty, the owner of the battery recycling technology, which you know once the demonstration plan has met certain criteria which will give sms 50% ownership in the ip so new metals uh, will be getting a net benefit of of a 5% royalty so that'll be shared the 10% will be shared with sms so we will have a 26% indirect shareholding uh, in the license, as long as we maintain our, our relevant interests, and uh, and a five percent royalty, which you know we're we're very happy with.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, and can we expect that more deals like this? Because obviously that ties up. What I liked about it is, it's, it's kind of if 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 the FID is positive and you, and you know they go ahead and, and they build. And we're talking about four countries. I, I can't quite remember the four countries. Denmark uh, was it? Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland. I think from memory. Correct. That is a massive barrier for entry for other because it's first mover advantage, really, isn't it? That's a massive barrier to entry.
1: Yeah. Look, and I think you know, in two thousand and nineteen, uh, you know, we hadn't envisaged that there would be many battery plants, but you know, uh, up up there, they're blessed with uh, hydropower. And they've got very, very supportive uh, governments for this electrification of transport. They've got the highest penetration rates of EV in the world. And now we find that that Scandinavian license area uh, looks like it'll have two plants by Freya of about 83 gigawatt hours in terms of total capacity, uh, 40 uh, for North Fault and 42, I think, for Morrow. So you know, outside of Germany, Scandinavia now looks to uh, have the the next biggest pipeline. Now that obviously changes from year to year, but it's pretty impressive. You know, there's going to be a lot lots of cells produced up there. There's going to be scrap like there is in every battery plant around the world, and if they've got the highest penetration rates of EV cars, notwithstanding the the smaller size perhaps than mainland Europe, uh, you are going to get the end-of-life cars back quicker than in some of the jurisdictions where there's a slight take-up, like perhaps in Australia.
0: Okay. So, so, I'm thinking, okay, first mover advantage, fantastic, creates barriers. It also gives, um, you know, in terms of global reach, you know, for the technology, um, gives them that, and obviously scale and etc. etc. So you'd you'd position that as, and I'm sure you would, uh, as a, a good thing to be doing. Now, will we expect to see more of these
1: for near metals? Mm. Well, no, because all of the other licenses, the licensed areas, other than the existing licensees, are in the Primobius joint venture with SMS. Got it. Right. So what we will see is, you know, once we do the the demonstration plant. We've showcased that facility through to the various uh, participants in the battery supply chain, i.e., car makers and cell makers with potential feed off-takers, aggregators that want disposal services, and you know we have. You, you'll see more commercial transactions like we've got the MOUs for Atoto and Stelco. You will see more of those, but they'll be done at the Primobius level. Okay. Okay,
0: well, I think that kind of clears some things up there, and I guess um, because I noticed, like you, you didn't bother putting a press release out because, well, why did you? It's not our
1: transaction. I know, but you're you're a beneficiary,
0: and I just wanted most companies would jump on that because they, they they need some news. You you didn't feel it was personal?
1: Well, look, after the transaction, we increased our shareholding in Hannans, and so we we. You know the change in substantial shareholder, where we've gone from 31 to 32 percent, was made known public. That should have been. Uh, it would be reasonable to think that that was a reasonable endorsement of the prospects. Uh, I'm glad to say that's vindicated because we bought the stock at uh, one cent after the deal. Was done and it's closed at two cents today. There you go.
0: Okay, so we talk vanadium? Got uh, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. So uh, tell us about the second deal.
1: Yeah, look, the the second deal. You know, the the first plant is obviously underpinned by a conditional supply agreement with SSAB covering two million tons. We're now signed an MOU with H2 Green Steel for four million tons. So I think anyone's. Doubt that our vanadium recovery technology was just a one-off small opportunity is sadly mistaken. Um, You know, we are assessing a pipeline of potential feeds. This is, you know, I guess a clear demonstration of and and the benefit of our technology to the suppliers. One, you know, we we obviously pay them for a for a waste slash byproduct. And we are be able to, you know, responsibly uh, dispose of of the the waste obligations. You know, we extract the vanadium and then we essentially carbonize the tailings, which is, you know, what the big major mining companies are now talking about as as a you know how they see that they're going to address their CO two issues going forward. I mean, we've been on that wagon for for years. So, I think the benefits are, are for the, the developers, the, the clients, and, and obviously we have to share that and, and we obviously do well out of it. But, uh, you know, for us, where does it sit? It's a second, larger opportunity after we, we commit to our, our first plan.
0: So, where does this put you? Where does this start to put you in, in the context of Vanadium producers globally? Because we, we've spoken to a few recently, you know, they've got... Challenges um, at, at the moment. You know, vanadium, vanadium price rises and falls. I get that you're, you know, low quartile, possibly low decile, uh, cost uh, producer of vanadium. So, how, how are you how are you kind of facing uh, the the vanadium market at the moment? I mean, how does this thing get financed? Because we're talking about a, a, a second property, second site. You're going to have to f- uh, fund. Um, You know, and and is this is this a is this a welcome addition to the vanadium market because it seems to be struggling at the moment?
1: Well, the prices have picked up; they're pretty good, and uh, you know they're they're certainly above our forecasts in our original pre-feasibility study for the first plant, which is welcome. Uh, The market does need more vanadium to go into the lithium vanadium chemicals and the vanadium redox batteries. you know, you've you've got cell makers making uh, lithium vanadium cathodes. You have got Bellore that's that's developed lithium vanadium batteries, and they're running around Europe right now. They're the most energy dense batteries you can get. There's some other guys who are probably not at liberty to just, to say who they are. And then you know we've become aware of Volkswagen testing out a nickel vanadium manganese battery to replace cobalt. So. You know, where where what are the ambitions for our vanadium business? Are we critical. Well, I think it's pretty clear. You know, the first plant, two hundred thousand tons. We've said that the second plant is likely to. We would do our evaluation studies around a, a four hundred thousand ton per annum throughput. Now, if you multiply, if you added those to the output of those two plants in production, at some stage in the back end of the quartile, if they're both financed and built, which I'm 100% confident of doing, um, then you know you would be looking at the largest producer of low cost, zero carbon vanadium chemicals.
0: The, the current vanadium suppliers um, aren't going to thank you for that, are they? It's because, like I said, it, it just it seems to be the they're struggling with people getting people to pay attention to their stories. They're struggling with yeah. raising capital. Um, and you're coming along in here, and it's, you know, what's that going to do for vanadium prices? Do you think there's a, a big enough market, a growing market? Because redox flow, redox flow batteries, let's face it, you know, they're, they're ways off. The technology is sort of getting there, but it's a nascent industry. It's it's stainless steel. We're looking to, to kind of pick this up. Um, and are you confident, or are your funders confident that? Does um, the right move for you?
1: Well, look, I think any any opportunity where you know you're uh, got a project where you don't have to build a mine, you've got stockpiles, um, and you're producing down at the bottom end of the cost curve, you really your only challenge then is to make it bigger. Now, you know, we've we've gone through the extensive test work. We're producing what we think is amongst the highest purity chemicals in the market um sequestering carbon. Um you know it's a it's a bit of a unicorn and so the market does need it. I I, look the VRB impact I I think the impact from the lithium-ion batteries for vanadium chemistry is going to be multiple times that of the vanadium redox flow battery. That's that's just my personal opinion. Um And and that needs and and as you rightly say, 85% of it finds its way into alloying steels. Right? And 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 then you've got somewhere around ten percent, you know, going into titanium master alloys, uh, high purity vanadium chemicals for for battery applications, etc. So, you know, it's it's the market is tight and the demand is is growing. So the market needs projects like this. It needs the primary producers in Australia. It needs higher prices. It's getting higher prices. So I think, um, you know, the the longer the price stays up, the the happier everyone will be. But invariably projects at the bottom end of the cost curve, uh, where you do have the luxury that you have a massive market that we could uh, sell it. Into if we needed to for, for whatever you know, a doomsday scenario, you can still sell into the steel market at the bottom end of the cash curve, right?
0: Darren, but but I ask you something you, you, you've turned up, we've got to ask you something. We Are we, uh, are, we <laughs> are we on schedule, on budget? Uh, nothing um come up that's going to cause you a problem in terms of delivery dates? All of the above, all good. yeah, all of the above on track. So everything's going well. Um, we've got our next milestones to deliver the uh, uh, bankable feasibility study to SSAB in June next year, and everything's well on track for that. So, all all good. We've, it's been a pleasure of a project, actually. It's just flowed so nicely in terms of schedule. So right. Okay. Really happy on, on schedule, under budget. Um, all good. Very happy. Fantastic. So, 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 middle of next year um, is the timing on that one, okay? Um, and then, what, do we, Chris? I mean, what do you say about money at that point? I mean, I know you've got a you've got a chunk of money in the bank at the moment. Is it going to be enough to move this project forward?
1: Well, look, vehicle that the project's getting developed in is is a subsidiary of Critical called uh, RISAB Recycling Industries Scandinavia AB. So you know that, that's a vehicle that can be independently financed. So critical, and uh, Nea Metals will own fifty-fifty of that. And you know that retains. It's a bit like Primobius. We've got the flexibility to put you know either project or, or corporate financing. I mean, one of the one of the beautiful things is the inbound interest from all the bulge bracket banks for uh, green bonds. You know, we were thinking maybe sustainability link. Financings at a head level, and they're just saying, well, you know, they, this project is just a unicorn. You are producing high purity battery chemicals from domestic byproducts, right? Stockpiles of domestic byproducts in an environmentally friendly process that is sequestering carbon and rendering what was a metallic tailing inert, right? They are unicorns, and so they are saying, "This this is the greenest project that we have seen for a while." So you know, I I have absolutely no real concern about procuring financing for this. Will we have to put equity into it? Yes, we will, Matt. Okay, and um, as with any debt financing,
0: sure. With regards to, I know you've okay, you've just done this H two um, green steel, nice. Are you in other discussions? I'm wondering how far you're pushing this technology globally, um, you know, and how you mon- you continue to further monetize it, or have you got enough? on the plate on your plate at the moment
1: well you know from making an FID in 2022 we've given ourselves 2 years to build and construct the first vanadium recovery project though all things going equal we can finish our evaluation studies in parallel and move a construction team up into boden switzerland to continue the build out hopefully we can procure additional volumes and potentially make those two projects larger we are Having you know, we are evaluating other feedstocks. These these feedstocks they're not they're not super common, uh, but you know we we have been able to uh, you know with our business development hat and a bit of uh, elbow grease um, you know find some alternate. Uh, locations of stockpiles and, and procure samples and test them.
0: Okay. Look, Chris, so I appreciate you coming on at quick sh- a quick and short notice uh, to give us an update and answer those questions. Um, what's the what's the next bit, big bit of news we should be looking out for?
1: So look, the boys are just getting ready to crank up the uh, back end of our demonstration plant for the battery recycling. You know, we put in guidance that we would start the uh, commissioning of the Hydromet refinery in September, start the trials in October, and wind them up in November. You know, a couple of weeks ago we announced that we were going to scale up. The front end section at Hilkenbach from one ton a day throughput to ten tons, really to satisfy some of the demand that we're seeing in in Germany for the disposal of these EV batteries. I mean, we thought scrap. You know, we were going to have to get it off cell makers, and we wouldn't make the car makers would come later with the end of life. What we're finding is is the recalls. You know, so we we have found. You know the the Hyundai Kona, and then in the last week we've found that GM's recalled the Bolt, right? And it's one hundred and forty thousand units. So you know it's it it was very very hard for us to statistically model with any accuracy. You know what 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 recalls might be possible. I mean, you just can never forecast that sort of stuff. Uh, and what we're finding is that these big car makers they're for all intents and purposes, other than Tesla, they're first-generation EV makers, and you know we're scaling up battery production at unparalleled rates, and we're scaling up the EV production at unparalleled rates. And there will be, unfortunately, recalls. And and you know the volumes of batteries that we're seeing, we're seeing different volumes of batteries. That we predicted six months ago. So, so tell me this actually. We we had a
0: conversation, Chris, with um, you know a a big Tesla bull. Um, There's only going to be one car manufacturer that's going to you know win in this space, and that's clearly Tesla. He said, "What are you hearing on on the ground floor level when these conversations that you're having with these manufacturers in terms of their intent um, to be able to compete and be able to sell units of these things? Are they?" We're talking about recall. Yeah, there, well, look, know, it's, teething problems,
1: right? It's a massive paradigm shift for car makers, right? So they've never had to worry about the fuel in the cars before. Now they have to do that with the batteries. They know they have to take the CO2 out of the cars, and half half of that resides in the batteries, and that's a challenge in itself. And that's what we're looking to address with the recycling. The EU has rules that are coming in mid. Mid this decade, twenty twenty five, you know, that's going to push push the disposal and closing the loop, and you know, some pretty some pretty serious tailwinds for us, headwinds if you're a car maker uh, to meet. So, you know, I think, you know, what what what's the model that they're all gravitating to uh, is is the Tesla model. know, and people say, oh, Volkswagen's going to produce its, I think you asked me, Volkswagen's, you know, announced that they're going to produce its own cell. Are they too late? And I said, well, they're not too late. They're just second. There's just been a big gap in between them, right? And so, Volkswagen first, then you've got Stellantis, then you've got Daimler. and And so, all the car makers realise that they actually have to control the biggest variable. I mean, making cars Is down to you could make cars anywhere in the world and you've got all the same mass balance, right? So, uh, other than labor and a few other things, you're going to be within a very tight band of operating costs, right? Now, you've from left field, you've got this battery, right? And you've got to get all these funky materials alloyed in these batteries um, as oxides, you know, lithium, cobalt, manganese, vanadium, whatever, you know, iron, phosphate. You name it, and uh, and they cost money, and they need them in volumes that no one's ever considered for the supply chain. And you need to take them. You need to keep producing them in ev- with every decreasing carbon footprint. So I mean, you know, it's um, yeah, they're in a fight to survive, and you know, I I think. Custody of those batteries and ensuring that you own the batteries at the end of life will actually push these guys away from selling it to more of a leasing model uh, going forward. So, dude, massive changes if you're an EV maker. Uh, and the big well-funded guys are getting out there early. I mean, China is a country moved first, you know, but now you've got Europe and the American car makers and the Asian car makers. It's, kind, it's kind of
0: interesting yeah, actually China. because yeah. you guys are going to have to get involved with kind of. You, you, we talk about the leasing model for the commodities, we're underlying commodities, right? So someone somewhere is going to have to use blockchain to kind of track this and you're going to have to be part of that blockchain, it seems. So, you know, on the techno- technological side of things, it's. It's kind of exciting, and it's, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see how people do that. Lots of theories and lots of ideas, but no one's really doing it at the moment. So that's something to look yeah, forward look, to. Yeah, look, there's some
1: good guys out there for you know measuring the provenance and you know how blue and green the products are. Um, you know, Circulars one of those, and and so you know the car makers are demanding that everyone in the supply chain uh, can trace their stuff back to you know where they found it invariably in the ground uh, or you know in an animal and uh, working its its supply chain all the way through to the car you know they're going through the glass they're going through the leathers they're going through the metals magnets you name them these guys are going back to the source and you know the 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 mineral explorers and producers are, are going to have to come around if, if you can't measure your co2 footprint Right. And, and indeed, probably the provenance of, of all of your products uh, complying with the, 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 whatever the ruling ESG you know, uh, criteria are at the relevant period of time, you will not be able to sell into the battery supply chain. And that is, that's, you know, that's what we're all doing. We're all positioning ourselves to operate in that battery supply chain. Um, we know the success that you can have, like when we did Aaron, You Once you get in those supply chains and you satisfy what the customer wants, they they're growing. We want to grow with them, and it's you know speed to market.
0: Okay, well, like Chris, congrats on the HT deal. Um, that's a, that's a big step up. Um, look forward to hearing more about that, and we will um, look out for the news over the coming uh, weeks. And uh, thanks for coming
1: on the show. Very welcome. Have a great day. Keep safe, everyone.